Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back, and thanks for joining us. You're tuned into the About Sparta podcast brought to you by the good folks at New Amendment. You can catch us on Beyond Big Ten on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And more importantly, you can find me at Raymar Morgan 2 and Travis at Travis underscore Walden underscore 419 on all social media platforms. Travis, tell me, how was your weekend, my brother? What goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, man, we had a tournament with my son, Neil, and we got popped by 61 game. Ooh, what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. I don't want to tell you nothing else. I just want to tell you that. But other than that, we had a we had a great week. We um uh, great weekend. We went to Carbone. Okay. And, uh, okay. Had a great dinner. And, yeah, uh, man. That's how it was. That, I did the spa, Ray. I was in the spa for four hours on Sunday. I did <laughs> Hold on, hold on, man. Hold on, bro. What what was what takes four hours in the spa, bro? So you got a massage, that's clear. But oh. other than what what else is you doing, Trav? I was at the Aria, and I love the spa. I'm a spa. Guy. I know you do. I know you do. Well, spas, the spa is your joint. Oh, uh, my joint. So I <laughs> laid on the hot stone bed for about an hour. I got done with that. I went in the co-ed room and I sat down in the chairs with everybody. And then after that, I was doing the hot tub and cold tub. Then I did the sauna. Bro, what are you preparing for? <laughs> what, what are you preparing for? Why are you doing all of this? How much, how much did that, this four-hour spa day cost you? That's what I want to know. How much? So the great thing about it is once you pay, like a massage is like, I think, $220, $250. Oh, you, you just have access to everything after that. Yeah, after you got buy the you. massage, then got you got access to everything else. Got you. And you know, $250 is a lot for a massage, for a 50-minute massage. So... If you're going to do a 50-minute massage for that, you got to get all the benefits. I'm I'm sorry, people, but the reason I'm laughing so hard is because if you know Travis, Travis is one of the most thuggish, ruggish people (laughs) probably on our podcast. And for this man to just be getting a four-hour massage and enjoying all the features that come with it, it's hilarious to me. Yeah, man. So I was, I had a great weekend, brother. Man, How about you? I, I can't. I can't complain, man. Um, I I ended up going to Chicago and joined the rest of the fellas for the podcast, the live podcast, and we had a blast, man. We, you know, we got to go out um Thursday night and you know just to enjoy the Chicago nightlife a little bit and you know yeah. let our hair down. Um, but then, you know, that Friday when we played, it was crazy, Trav. It, it was it was a little bit disappointing. For the simple fact that I just knew we were gonna win. You just knew we were gonna win. I knew we were gonna win this game. Their 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 horse, their best player is out in Sensabah. And the way we were shooting it shooting it previous games, I just knew we were gonna, you know, keep shooting it um like we were before. But man, these guys really came out and play, man. They they were fighting for something. They were trying to make the tournament. And we said that before, um, it's a very tricky game. And I've always given Ohio State their credit because I 
I felt like they were a very talented team. They were just young and experienced, but they showed they showed otherwise, man. And 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 it's funny because for for that Friday afternoon, we were probably there from like two to seven. Mm-hmm. I had on all black trap. I, I, I wore all black. I'm like I'm, I'm hey I'm I'm making it known like we coming for blood. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? We coming for blood. Not knowing we was going to be the goddamn victims of the crime scene. So, man, let's 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 just dive straight in, man, and talk about um, that upsetting loss. Um, because I think it was a couple of key factors um, that for sure had me nervous um, about even playing Ohio State in general. And for one, let's get this understood. Beating a team three times in a row is a task within itself. Number two, Ohio State was really starting to find themselves at the end of the season, if if you can recall. Like, they were rolling. I think they had beat Illinois. They they, had, they were playing. They played us down to the wire um, on senior night. They were just playing good basketball. They were starting to find themselves. They were starting to get comfortable. And thirdly, with Ohio State being the 13th ranked seed in the Big Ten tournament, they had the opportunity to play two previous games before they even played us. Now, I'm not trying to make any excuses for Michigan State because I still felt like we should have won the game. But let's keep it one thou wild, like E40 would say. <laughs> With us being Hoopers, Trav, we all know how important it is to go into a game and have that rhythm. And I think Ohio State showed that against us. I mean, just the way they competed, man, you have to tip your hat off to a team like that. So so I want to ask you, though, Trav, is it safe to say Ohio State was the dark horse of the Big Ten tournament this year? Yeah, man, I wouldn't argue that. Right, I wouldn't argue against you for saying that they were the dark horse. I think the thing with Ohio State, and we have said this before, you hear this all the time, is don't give anybody that, like, I can do it spirit, right? Like, I can beat you. It's like it's like beating your little brother up, right? You want to keep beating him up. The, the time he wrestles with you and he may <laughs> slam you, he got some confidence, right? He feels good the next time y'all get into a tussle. So I felt... That second half of when we played them, they had confidence. They felt good. They started making plays, right? Thorpe and those different players were stepping up, making plays for them. And being a young team, not having much to lose, having a lot to play. They had to win the Big Ten tournament to make the NCAA tournament. There was no other way. So they came in there fearless. Like, hey, let's just lay it on the line. On top of them missing their best player in Sensible, it was like, yo, let's show the world what we're going to look like next year. Obviously, we never know who's going to transfer, but let's show the world what we're going to look like. And that's what they play like. They came out with a point to prove. And the freshman guard, Thornton, he came out with a point to prove. Man. I, I can recall when we were playing them, it was a lot of trash talking back and forth. It was. Right, when we played at Michigan State. And 
the young fella played well at Michigan State. He made some big plays. No, he did. In the last, like, five or ten games, I think he was averaging about 16 points. So he was kind of rounded into form. Yeah, for sure. And he has a very mature body. So he was able to take the physicality that you start to play a little bit more with in the tournament. Yeah. He made play after play. play. So every time we wanted, every time we came and we were about to go, oh, it's about to be going to take over, he would make a big play. Yeah, sure. So, but I was actually, so I did did a podcast yesterday, I did his radio show, and they gave a stat. And they said, the last three times that we have lost in the first game of the tournament, we have made it to the Final Four. 2001, 2005, and 2010. So, and I actually look at this NCAA tournament with a, I think we have a great chance. Like, I think we have a great chance. So, as upset as I was with how we performed, I kind of got ahead of myself a little bit because I'm a defender. I know that defense travels. You got to travel with your defense. Offense don't always travel. And we have been shooting the ball incredible. Incredibly. Right? And we had been scoring in like 80s. We were held to under 60 points, right? So our defense has to travel, and our defense did not travel with us. Offensively, we wanted to shoot the ball well, but you know, sometimes shots go in, sometimes they don't. And we were shooting the ball so well, I would have rather had – I, I'm glad we had a bad – obviously, I'm. it's terrible that we had it the first game of the tournament. But no, to have a no, bad no. shooting night, to get back – I'd rather it happen here than in the tournament. I'd rather it happen here. You know, maybe we make it to the Big Ten championship game and it happens, and then we don't have no time to turn around. It's just more. Right. So if we were going to lose, I'm not even upset with the loss. Right. right. I'm like, Ohio State, young, we, hungry, hungry team. Yeah, and it I gives us some bulletin board, infra, you know, bulletin board stuff for the for the board, for coach to talk to the guys about, about not, you know, being prepared and coming with the correct mindset because it's one and done. Yeah. You know, it locks AJ back in because as you see, AJ is the guy like he is the engine and he didn't have a great game. No. So. I didn't feel that bad about it. And after after hearing them stats, I'm like, hey, I actually think this could be another year where we can get to the Final Four with the the schedule we have in front of us. Right. Speaking of those stats, let's go over a couple of stats uh, versus Ohio State real quick. Um, State have four players in double figures, uh, Hauser, Walker, Akins, and Hoggart. Walker, Akins, and Hoggart had 10. And the, uh, Hauser had 15. And then Ohio State j- just had three players in double figures um, with Suing, Thornton, and and Gale Jr., who really stepped up, who I was impressed with. He made some huge shots. Um, Suing, 14-4. Um, Thornton, 21-4-6. And, and Gale, man, with, in 26 minutes, 15-3. and three. 
Um, but I mean, if you just look across the board, Ohio State really just shot the ball really well. They shot 44% um, from the field and shot 52% from three. Yeah. Like that was an astonishing uh, percentage for Ohio State um, because I felt like they've pretty much struggled all year, especially from three, um, especially during certain certain periods of, of the Big Ten. Um, so, and 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 to add to that, they had 15 assists to our to our nine. Yeah. Um. That that's just that's just not gonna get it done. Um. For us in 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 a neutral site. Yeah. Um. Now, if we had if we had his own behind us supporting us, maybe things may have gone a little bit differently. Um. But at a neutral site, it's always tough to uh, to get a win. Um. With those type of numbers against you. Yeah, that's why, again, your defense has to travel in these exactly. in, in these environments, man. Like, if it's one thing we know, our most successful teams were great defensive teams. For sure. We had a catalyst. We had someone that was like, come on, let's lock in. Let's not focus on the offense and not making shots. And that's my big thing when, when it comes to, like, when you're relying on shooting and it just may not be your night. Right. No. I thought we had some good shots. We did. They just, they just didn't fall. Falling. They just didn't fall. And they got to Ohio State. They did a good job. They were contested. They were physical. Like, they turned us over a few times. And I, I, I like their big fella, too. Um, he's, not the, yeah. he's not the original starting center. I, I can't think of his name right now. But he's long. He's athletic. He challenged every shot that was, every shot, that was, every shot that was going to the rim. So, shout out to him, man. He had a, he had a big game. He had, he, had a, he had a huge game, right? And like you said, he challenged everything, so they made every shot tough. I just thought when we needed to get stops, there was a miscommunication. There was a late help. There was not enough inside the gaps. And as you know, we are a gap team, six eyes on the ball. And in that pick, those pick and rolls and stuff, you have to communicate. You have to know what side you're sending that guy to, right or left. You have to be over it. You have to understand the scouting report. So, and when you are in these moments and you know how big and how detailed the scouting reports are when we're in these moments. So, the key is our guys have to understand the importance of the scouting report and sure. what we need to be doing and being in those gaps. Right, and contesting the shots correctly because the other team that you're playing are good players as well. Sometimes the record don't reflect it, but if you give a guy some some confidence and he's feeling good, he's going to step up and kind of like Thor. That kid, I'm excited to see his development over these next couple of years because I think, you know, he has a thicker body, but he got to slim up a little bit. Um, so I'm excited to see, like, his growth and – and what they do in the next next year, because since the ball probably is going to leave for the draft, so they're going to have a have a hole there. But um, no, I thought overall, man, I'm I'm excited for this big team for the NCAA tournament to see how we're going to bounce back because I thought we had a stretch where we were playing really well. The last five games of the year, we were playing really good, and um, we went four and one. So no, well, we went three and two. I'm sorry, three and two because we lost to Michigan and we and we lost to. Um, Iowa. But I feel good about where we at. 
feel good. Okay, Trav, before we, we get into tomorrow's matchup against USC, how do you feel um, Michigan State played um, throughout the season? Um, we definitely had some ups, but we also had some downs throughout uh, the year. Um, but give the, give the viewers some insight on what you thought or how you thought we played throughout the entire season. Yeah, I think, like you said, we had some we had some up moments. I thought the beginning of the season, I thought we were we were playing really well. We won some big games. Some wise yeah. kind of stepped up. I, I thought that Malik Hall injury <clears throat> kind of hurt us, right? Just in like in our groove, but kind of like finding out a rotation and knowing, you know, that hurt us. And then Atkins trying to figure out and find his role. So I thought those type of things are were, were tough for us during the year. But I thought we finished the season strong. And I said this before. Even though we went three and two at the end of the year, we had two tough losses in Iowa and Michigan during the regular season. When I thought we had played really good and I thought we were turning the corner. So (laughs) top to bottom, I thought we had a pretty good year. Obviously not the year we wanted because I thought we did have a chance to compete for a Big Ten championship. And I would have liked us to finish stronger in the Big Ten tournament. But if you think about the growth, okay, so let's go through a couple individuals. I thought Tyson Walker was great. I thought he grew through the year, right? Like he came into himself, which was important for us. We were trying to... Veteran leadership was always our identity for me. But sometimes when you have veteran leadership, there's no one that kind of steps up as, okay, I'm the scorer. I'm the leader. I'm the guy that's going to just fill in. And I thought we found that. AJ was our leader, right? Like we knew we went as he went. And then our second tier leader was Tyson, right? We knew when we need a big bucket, things are feeling a little shaky. We can find him and we can get to him. And then we figured out, well, Joey is our stable piece, our, our guy that we can count on. If we can get him rolling and he's going well, we have a really good chance to win. And then Jaden Atkins started to come in a little later, started to shoot the ball really well, right? He started to be that guy that we kind of envisioned before the season, right? Because he was still coming back from the injury and getting used to everything. He came back during a crucial part of the year, right at the beginning of the year. So with all that being said, I I felt pretty good with how we finished. Again, I didn't like how we finished in the Big Ten tournament, but I thought we did good. Keep in mind, though, Trav, also, we didn't play a whole game, man. Like, that, so that... In all actuality, that that three and two could have easily been four and two, yeah, or or five and one had we finished out Iowa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I think I think I got to give the guys credit, um, because had Malik Hall never got hurt, and I think his ceiling is so high, um, we might be a totally different team. Um, I think that injury. Some people will say it it hurt us, but I would like to say it helped us because it helped Jaden Aiken step up. It helped uh, Pierre Brooks get some 
get some playing time in 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 crucial moments during the season where we need him to step up and different things like that. So I think everybody got a chance um, at least to to share the court and experience um, crucial moments during the season, whether it be the Gonzaga game or the Kentucky game or whatever you 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 define as crucial. Um, but I think it's going to help us during this time, this March Madness time, where everything might not be clicking and we need that next man to step up. And and this is the perfect time um, for that. Yeah, and well, With that being said, oh, go ahead, my Think bad. about this. If you, when you were watching our games, the commentator said a lot about our pace and how fast we played and how fast we didn't play, right? They didn't, we, we didn't play as fast as we have in the past. I thought toward the end of the year we looked like a old, like the old Spartans, uh, right? Yeah. We were pushing the ball. I think all the stuff Izzo was saying to AJ, like, so when you know this, pushing the ball is the guy taking the ball out as well. Right? Like, no, for sure. That, that four man, that Joey, Joey getting that ball out, gotta get it out. getting it to that outlet. Yes. That, that's, that's, huge. Huge. that's huge. So you got to get the ball out. And then you either have to be, as the point guard, you got to be sitting there for the outlet or you got a banana cut, right? Like, yeah. you, you can't you can't be indecisive. You got to Bre- break down a banana cut for, for those that don't. So know. the banana cut is if I'm waiting for the outlet and I can't get it, then I got to curl right to the ball and get uphill. So it is a fine balance, right? Because sometimes you can be waiting right. too long. Sometimes you can cut too early. Sometimes yeah. and, and and the inbounder has to be on on track with you banana cutting as well. well so that's important. So well. the inbounder, right? I thought Draymond, you guys, Goron were like Goron was great at this, right? He was great at grabbing the ball from the net, like soon as it was going through, getting the ball out the net, and then touching, getting two feet out of bounds. Wow. And get off of it. He was out. Right? Yeah. Like you were good at this when we know it, like, yo, let's go, let's go. So yeah. everyone has to be on the same page with that. Now, sure. once that happens, now the next phase of that is our wings sprinting the lanes and not turning looking for the ball. So we talked about, and we noticed your first two or three steps in transition. So, like everyone has to be on board. Madi, for instance, has to sprint straight down the middle. Take up the paint so we know what's going on. But you got to read these wings. So I thought toward the end of the year, everything started to click. And normally a great transition team is a team that hits you after you make a basket. And I thought we took a huge step in that where a team would score and we would get the ball out and not be soaking in that I got scored on or I made a make I made a mistake defensively. So I think if we can take that into the tournament, this will pay huge dividends for us. We just gotta stop somebody defensively. But we gotta get out of transition. And I thought we took a big step in that this year, at the end of the year. Agreed. Agreed. Now, looking looking ahead to tomorrow's matchup against USC, what are some things State has to do to prevail in this game? 
Well, they got a bad boy over there. And, 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 and his name is Boogie Ellis, and he get he he boogie. He, he boogie. <laughs> that boy be boogie. He, uh, he's a he's a he's what you would call a professional scorer. And he's been scoring no, for sure. He was at Memphis. He scored at Memphis. He transferred to USC. He scored at USC. He's averaging 18 points, three assists, shooting 39.2% from the three-point line. And he's shooting almost seven threes a game, 6.6. You take his last five games, right? He didn't have 15, 28, 35, 16, and 21. We have to yeah. slow him down. We got we have to slow him down, and we have to make his shots difficult because he's coming to shoot them. Now, what I feel great about, I think AJ is a great defender, and I think AJ is going to take it personal, and it's going to be a matchup where he asks, let me get him. So I think AJ can slow him down. The guy that I'm a little worried about is Drew Peterson. Oh man, I was about to say I'm worried he, about he's him. definitely that. I'm wor- and I'm worried he's about him. Dexter. He's six nine, right? He's six nine. Yeah, he, he he's nice, man. Oh. He's nice. So he's leading. The t- so he's six nine, fourteen point six point two rebounds, four point four assists. He's leading the team in assists. So this guy can score. He didn't have big games. And he's shooting 36% from the three on about four or five of tips. He's nice. So he's the guy where – the guy, uh, yeah. It's like that UCLA when, when we play with Jaime Jaquez. Like, those type of guys scare me at times because that's a, like, Malik Hall matchup. That's a yeah. – you know, that's a Joey Howell matchup. No, nah, for sure. Right? Like, this is tough. It's a tough matchup. Tough matchup. It's, it's not really like a, a Jaden matchup or, or a Tyson. I think AJ can defend him a little bit because he's not posting up a whole lot, but he just right. versatile. He can do everything. So, yeah. Um, but I think I think what we have to do is we, we, we our defense has to travel. We have to shut them down. And – I'll have to. You know what I'm saying? So I think we 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 have to shut them down and then we gotta be able to make shots, right? We need we need Jaden, right? We need him to play really well as our X factor. I think he's the X factor for our team moving forward as a guy because he's shooting the ball so well right now. And he came in against Ohio State and he made a couple threes that were big plays. So we need Jaden to play well as our X factor. But we need to defend and we need to shut these two guys down. Just just to just to piggyback off what you said, in my opinion, for us to ensure a victory, we have to shut down the X Factor and Drew Peterson, like you said. I mean, we just can't let him play free and wonder. He's one of those guys that the more the longer the game goes and the more comfortable and relaxed he is, the better he's gonna play. Yeah. So we have to shut him down early. We have to cut his water off early, um, be super aggressive, be super physical with him, try to rough him up a little bit, get him frustrated in different phases of the game. And, and like you said, we got a six-eyes uh, Boogie Ellis. Uh, try to shrink the court, make it hard for him. Um, it's not a shot that this guy doesn't like. Yeah. So he's going to get his shots up. Um, it's about making him take tougher shots 
and and trying to just speed them up a little bit. I think if we can speed them up and get them outside of their pace, um, we'll be fine, man. And because I feel like at the end of the day, we just got to do three simple things, and that's just play Michigan State basketball, attack the glass, play solid defense, and take care of the ball. If we don't turn over the ball, we have a great chance in beating anybody in this tournament. Mark my words, we have a great chance in beating anybody in this tournament. Because like I said, man, good guard play will take you a long way, and we got the guards to do it. So it's just about us uh, withstanding that first punch, bringing our defense everywhere we go, and uh, just playing solid, man. Just get back to our roots and and play solid. Yeah, and if you think about We have to, and and I, I do think this has been a problem. I don't think we really did a great job. If it's one area just thinking about, I'm just thinking that we have to be better. We have to be better in our pick and roll defense and and how we're and how we're hedging. Are we holding? How we're getting over the screen? The 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 thing the thing for me is it. It's 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 both parties' fault. It's the guard and the big, but the big really has to impact that ball. Yeah. Um, what we're doing, we're showing, but we're not impacting the ball, and that's a big difference that a lot of people don't realize. There's one thing to to hard hedge, and then the guard is not affected, and he turns the corner, and he's going down the the big's back for an easy layup or a dish to the other big man. Um, Maddie, Joey, Malik. You have to impact that ball, man. You have to make that guard hesitate or even turn his back. If he is able to turn his back and look to the opposite side of the court, you've done your job. And and quite frankly, we're 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 a better defense with you doing that. Yeah, because you think about great defense. What's the first the first sign of great defense is great communication. Right. For sure. You have to trust that, yo. That man's going to be there. Great. Get up. Get up. I got your tag. I got your tag. Right? Like, we are on a string. We're understanding that as the game is going on, and you know this, right? When you get scored on, say you're a man, get the ball on the roll. Now you're hesitant because you probably got yelled at. So you like, shit, I'm going to hedge and I'm going to get back. For sure. Right? So you For like, sure that's happening. You're like, oh man. So now you don't want to hedge as hard. If yeah. you hedge and the guard, you don't hedge and he don't turn and he turns the corner. Now the guard is like, oh man, you're not doing your job. So now we're off seat. Right. Now if you right. both do your job, you hedge hard, you get over the screen, but the weak side don't tag. Help. Right? Yeah. The help not there. Now yeah. it's tough. If they have an empty corner and they set that screen on the wing, now that weak side has to shift over. And that becomes a tough cover. So I think our line of communication has to be big because, as we know, Boogie, he's going to drag you out. And yeah. he's a good enough player where he has ISO possession. And he can ISO hesitate. And he has range on his jumper. And he's going to shoot quite a few. Well, yeah. what we need to do, he's averaging three assists. Make him a facilitator. Make other guys beat us. They have some other guys, right? They got three. They got Boogie, 18, Drew, 14, Trey White, 9, 
So they got some other guys that can make some plays, but make them beat us. Let's not leave this game saying Boogie Ellis beat us because he wants to make a splash. I, I, I have seen this kid in the summertime play out here in California, and he is aggressive. He's looking to get a yeah. bucket. So we have to be prepared to defend that way in our pick-and-roll defense, and then we have to be up the line. So our help side defense, right, and this is where sometimes it does hurt us at times where if you plug the gap too long, now you're not getting out to that shooter fast enough. Especially right. if the other guy not cat and mouse in the backside, what your cat and mouse is, hesitating until that guy can get back to his man. So we just have to be on the stream defensively. Um, and I think if we do that, we're in a good space. And like you said, don't turn that ball over. We're good. Um, just to just to be real quick, let's let's throw some numbers out there. Um USC is is scoring 72 points per game, shooting 45, um, the same percentage as we are from the field. Um, they're shooting just a tad bit below us from the three-point uh, line. They're shooting 34%, and we're shooting 39. Free throws is about dead even. We're shooting 76, they're shooting 74. Rebounds, we're, we're rebounding at a 39 uh, rebounds per game, and they're they're at 35. And assists is 14.8, and and they're at 13.4. So I mean, the numbers are are right there, man. Um, as far as the statistic leaders go, though, uh, they have a, a defensive mastermind, which I'm sort of proud of, because this is little cuz, uh, Joshua Morgan, um. Huh. He's a tra- he's a transfer and and man Josh is doing a hell of a job on the defensive end, averaging two point three blocks per game. Um, then they also have Kobe Johnson, who's averaging two point two steals a game. So they got some guys, man, that not only are doing it offensively, but they're getting it done defensively as well. So, um, what are some things that we have to do offensively to try to keep these guys um, from impacting the? impacting the game or do we do we play at a level where we need to stretch them and make them do more running um whereas opposed to you know trying to feed it in the post and it be towards their advantage in the post uh you know facing Josh Josh in that post yeah we we have we we have to we have to make boogie defend make him defend right like yeah tire him out put him in pick and roll actions Space out. Use our work. Our strength is shooting. We can shoot the ball, right? Let's yep. let's stretch them out. Mighty stretch sprint yeah. up, right? Roll hard, right? Make yeah. make 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 Josh defend you by defending the pick and roll, and then having to recover because he can be a lob threat. So I I yep. and, and I think we have to get out in transition, right? Let's let let's pick this pace up a little bit. And, and, and let's use our shooting ability to our strengths, right? They got really good size, right? Well, yeah, they they got some good size. So they do. we have to stretch them out, and we got to get up and down a little bit and, and, and make them defend us um, and, and make those guys. And we can't turn the ball over. I think you said that earlier. We yeah. cannot turn the ball over. Make them even in a half-court you know, situation, and I think we'll be good. 
Yeah, man, I I, I got to agree with you, man, because their lineup, I mean, Boogie is probably their shortest, and he's, what, 6'2", 6'3"? Six, six, three? Six, three. Yeah. Um, Drew Drew Peterson is 6'9", uh, Kobe Johnson's 6'6". Six, six. I mean, jo- Josh is 6'10", so, I mean, these guys, they have a, a tall front court and, and back court. Um, they're a very athletic team. I think we definitely just got to try to control the pace. Like you just said, if if we can get out and transition and knock some early jumpers down along with getting some easy buckets, I think it's going to open it up for us, and I think it's going to be a much easier game than anticipated. Yeah, because they got limbs. And as you know, they recover fast. They recover fast. You just think they're 6'3", 6'9", 6'6", 6'6", 6'10", come off the bench with another guy. And you know, six plus. So they got length and they got size. Yeah. So we have to make them defend us. We have to be able to get in the paint and kick out. And we got to push the pace. And we got to be. So even with their size, we have to beat them on the boards. We got to get on that glass and, and, and make sure that they don't beat us on the glass. For sure, like I said, man, that was, that was some of the some of the rules that I, I put in place. Um, just play smart basketball, rebound, don't turn it over, and uh, man, just just bring our defense with us. Yeah. It is time for my favorite part of the segment: word on campus. <laughs> now, today's word on campus is dedicated to no other than the man, the myth, the legend. Coach Tom Izzo himself. With this year's bid to the NCAA tourney, Coach Iz has passed former Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski to become the first coach in NCAA history to reach 25 straight tournament appearances. Go, Trap. How how big is that? It, 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 it's funny because um, while I was in Chicago, I had asked the crowd, um, when we were, when we were, we had a little poll, uh, and they asked if, if we are a, a blue blood school, I don't know if you know what that means, but I said, yeah, he- hell yeah, we are. I said, the way coach Izzo has built this foundation brick by brick, he has, he has sort of proven himself year after year. And I said to the crowd, if we take a poll, and ask any boy, girl, adult, senior citizen, whatever you want to say, cat, dog, it doesn't matter who the face of the Big Ten is, it would have to be coachism. And I said, raise your hands if you agree. And slowly but surely, I I had to be the only Michigan State Spartan in there. Everybody was slowly like, yes. (laughs) You can see that they didn't want to do it, but but it's true. And I think this is something that proves it. 25 years stamped, year in, year out, getting to the tournament. Do you do you realize how tough that is? That's, that's just like LeBron. Yeah. 10 years straight getting to the finals. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an even tougher feat. Don't get me wrong. But we're talking about 25 years of getting to the NCAA. You cannot take that for granted. So hats go off. To Coach Izzo, man, what he has done with the program, what he does with his players, what he has done in the community, 
it, it's second to none, man. Um, it just speaks volumes on who he is and what he has built um, for his program. Yeah, man. I, and I will second that. It's an incredible, incredible achievement. And it's hats off to Coach Izzo to the people he has recruited because we all play a role in that. And it's always important to look at the players before you and who set the tone. And we have Mateen on here. He set the tone. And then after he set the tone, you have to continue to have players who believe in the mission, who believe in the vision, right, who trust the process. And it hasn't always gone well, right? We have had teams where you like, what is this team going to become? And what we can always say about Izzo is when you thought you were going to have a down year, that year ended up being better than the previous year. Yeah. Right? That's the crazy part. That's the crazy part. And, <laughs> That's the crazy part. And, and like, I, was, I said this to someone yesterday. They said, what makes Izzo so great? I said, because he leads with love. He leads with love. What does that mean? We have a guy that's a Hall of Fame coach that doesn't walk around like he's this big-time guy. He acts like the normal guy. He spends time with the players. So when he's yelling at you and having this moment with you in front of a huge audience, what they don't see is those three to four hour meetings in his in his um in his office. His office. Those text messages that you receive throughout the day, those checkups on you. And even when you leave, right, when you come back, he makes sure that the guys, the current players understand who you were and what you meant no, to the no. program. That speaks volumes. When you go back to Michigan State, Ray, when I go back to Michigan State, we feel like we're somebody to the current guys because Izzo makes sure that, hey, these guys did it before you. They paid the way. So when you look at that type of stuff and for him to have 25 years and him to pass Coach K, one of the greatest coaches to do it, it just speaks values, not only of the basketball coach, but of the man, right? He brings in 18 to 23-year-old, to 23-year-olds, and he becomes a father figure, right? He becomes all these different titles outside of coach. And it's between all of that, right? He still coaches us. Like, it's it's actually funny, right? Because a guy go, man, if you a superstar and you want to not be treated like a superstar, go to Michigan State. <laughs> right? If you this if you this big time high school kid and you got all this attention and your parents want you to be held accountable and coached hard, go to Michigan State because Coach Izzo is not gonna look at you like that. He's going to say, I'm going to challenge you and coach you. So salute, coach. I'm glad that 
I was a part of it. That we were a part of those twenty five. Yes, we did. We got four of them, baby. Four of them on the front. Yes, so that's amazing. For sure. For sure. Hey, man, that has been another episode of About Sparta. Hey, hey, hopefully we get this win tomorrow, man, so we can continue this podcast. It's going to be a sad day if we don't. But that has been the end of what? What is this? Like our, our 12th, 11th, 11th episode? Hey, man, we rocking and rolling, baby. Until then, until next time, my people, peace. Sir. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.